bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And here we go again, continuing to celebrate National Disability Employment Awareness Month. And today we're going to talk to another leader in the United States working on an extremely, extremely important initiative, the 1% Coalition. Let's welcome to the show Brandon McSada. How did I do there, Brandon? You did great, Joyce. Thank you. Okay. Well, welcome to the show. And I, as I just told him, I just came back from Minnesota USBLN conference and heard John Kemp speak, and he was absolutely, oh, that's just, he's always a great speaker. He was just fantastic. And I know that he, too, is very, so much involved with this. But, Brandon, in reading a lot about you for our listeners uh, across America, tell us first, how did you get involved in the disability arena? Uh, Joyce, first of all, thank you for having me on the program today and uh, for letting us talk a little bit about the 1% Coalition. Um, it was probably back in 1999. I was living in Wilmington, North Carolina, and, and working as the assistant administrator for an assisted living community. And I had the opportunity to learn about service dogs, in particular Carolina Canines for Service, uh, which is dedicated to empowering people with disabilities achieve greater independence and, and quality of life through service dogs, especially trained dogs. And Carolina Canines place these dogs at no cost to the recipients, and it just so happened that one of my good friends, who is a quadriplegic, was the first recipient of one of these service dogs. Uh, and I became very involved with the organization, and that was really my first uh, uh, familiarity with a lot of the disability issues. And uh, I then decided to move to Washington, D.C., and I was the executive director of the American Congress of Community Supports and Employment Services uh, Access, and they're a national nonprofit trade group in Washington representing community agencies that offer employment opportunities and independent living uh, to persons with disabilities. And it was in my three-plus years at Access that I learned about uh, the employment of persons with disabilities or, uh, shall I say, the unemployment of, of persons with disabilities and the the um, staggering high unemployment rate that often faces people with disabilities. And uh, that kind of switched gears in 2003 when I went into business for myself with my own firm, the McSada Carnegie Group, and I've been working with such organizations as the 1% Coalition ever since. Oh, that is fantastic. Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we have you because we need all the help we can get. It's funny how you mentioned about, you know, the staggering high unemployment not only did I hear John Kemp spoke, but I heard Senator Bob Dole speak. And no matter who speaks, one of the first things they talk about is, yes, we passed the ADA, we got the Americans with Disabilities Act passed, but in the area of employment, we're, we're still not making progress. And it really is truly a tragedy in this country. But it is the way it is. And I know that that you, Brandon, have worked closely with John Kemp. And as I mentioned, we heard him speak while we were in Minnesota, and he, too, is just a champion to all of us in the disability community and the Vets Award winner. 
Now, how did you meet him? How did you meet John? Well, first of all, Joyce, one day I think you and I should sit down and uh, force Mr. Kemp to run for public office because I think he would be a, a true uh, champion, uh, like you mentioned. But it was it was during oh, wait, my... I can't believe you say that. Every time I talk to him, I tell him, John, we need you in office. Every time. So, Brandon, we'll be his PR agent. Sounds good to me. All right. Go ahead. I, I met John when I was working in Washington at Access, and, and like, like we've both agreed, John is indeed a champion, and for many years I've had the honor of working alongside him. Uh, one of the best things about working with John is always being in a position to learn from him. Uh, he's a perfect example of lifelong learning. You know, his story is probably one of the most uplifting and empowering you can come by. He's not only a, a colleague and a friend, uh, he's also my mentor in the disability community, and he has even helped me confront my own disability. And, in fact, you invited me here today to, to talk about the 1% Coalition. And when people like John Kemp and Pat Jonas, who is the founder of the coalition, uh, former Senators Bob Dole, who you mentioned, and, and Bob Carey, and current Senators Pat Roberts of Kansas and, and Edward Kennedy of Massachusetts all come together, you know the cause is a worthy one. So um, I look forward to working with you on getting John's name on the ballot, and then we can hopefully do even more to, to improve the employment of people with disabilities. Yes, I agree with you 100%. He is, uh, he is just a, a champion, and anything he's involved with, all of my listeners, hear me now. You need to listen when John Kemp is involved. Joyce, I, would, I, I have to interrupt you because I would be remiss if I did not tell this story. And he, if he's listening, it would probably fall out of his scooter laughing. We went to a ball game, a professional ball game in Tampa a few weeks ago, and nothing ever seems to surprise me with John Kemp. John caught a foul ball. And he's got that foul ball in his office, and uh, he was like a little kid with smile from ear, ear to ear, and uh, we're trying to get a hold of the tape. So if we do, we will definitely share that with you. Oh, you know what? There's anything you can tell me about him that would surprise me. That even, I, I mean it. This guy is just awesome in all ways. Well, you've got to show me that video when you get it. So, Brandon, let's tell our listeners what is the 1% Coalition. Joyce, the 1% Coalition is a, is a 501c3 organization. Uh, we're committed to the achievable goal, uh, but we also feel is a realistic goal of helping at least 1% or approximately 94,000 Americans with severe disabilities find, and competi find competitive employment. Um, these can be individuals with either physical or mental impairments that limit one or more of their functional capabilities with respect to work. Uh, and these are the same individuals that find themselves extremely disadvantaged in the world of competitive employment. And as you know, uh, our um, marketplace is becoming even more competitive as we speak in the global marketplace. Um, and what we're trying to do is bring together all facets of the community, government, business, the disability community, because we feel that they can work together to, to achieve this goal and to improve the employment rate by at least 1%. To that end, we, we feel the federal government should be taking the lead, um, offering new creative incentives uh, for the private sector to employ people with disabilities. And would like to talk to you a little bit about Senate Bill 1570, which is the Employer Work Incentive Act for Individuals with Severe Disabilities. Uh, this is indeed bipartisan legislation. It's co-sponsored by Pat Roberts of Kansas and, and Edward Kennedy of Massachusetts. 
as well as Richard Burr of North Carolina and Joe Lieberman of Connecticut and Mike DeWine of uh, Ohio, Republicans and Democrats. And, and what this legislation would do is require federal agencies to establish a procurement advantage for its contractors or subcontractors that employ significant numbers of people with disabilities. It's a new approach, and we think it's the right approach. And uh, the bill is in Congress, and we're working hard to get it passed. You want to repeat the name of that bill again? I sure will. It is the Senate Bill 1570, the Employer Work Incentive Act for Individuals with Severe Disabilities. You know what amazes me about this? There's over 50 million Americans with disabilities, and there's a large percentage of that group that are people with significant disabilities. Here, you're only talking about a very small group of people, and yet look what an impact this has back to the economy. Absolutely. And it's a multifaceted impact on the economy. I mean, just taxpayers alone would save an estimated $24,000 plus for each individual now receiving Social Security Disability Insurance or SSDI and Supplemental Security Income, SSI payments. So there's not only the saving side of it, but then there's also the opportunity of providing employment opportunities now you have Americans with severe disabilities who are contributing to the economy um, and, and really bringing a valuable asset to the, to the workplace. And I think when you go to uh, companies like IBM and Marriott, who are really the, the leader uh, in, a, in terms of your, your Fortune 500 companies employing people with disabilities, they, they got it a long time ago. And now what we really we need to be able to do is, is provide incentives to other companies to follow suit. All right, well, we have our first email question here from a Linda in Massachusetts saying, um, I am really excited about the little that I've heard about the 1% Coalition. Here is my question. What are you doing in Washington, D.C. to get this broadcast across the country so that everyone knows about what this bill could achieve? Anytime you're building a coalition, um, you really cannot leave any stone unturned. Certainly it starts with the grassroots. Um, our founder, Pat Jonas, uh, he is the president and CEO of CP Research Foundation of Kansas. Uh, it, this was his baby. He, it was his vision. Uh, he started it at the grassroots level, uh, brought it up to Washington, D.C. Uh, that's where John Kemp got involved. And we've been meeting with members of Congress and, and their staff we got a bill introduced last year, and of course, anytime you're dealing with legislation, uh, it doesn't happen overnight. It, it, you have to really meet with people and make sure everybody is on board. Uh, we have been doing that for the better part of a year. We feel we're making progress. Um, but people could go and learn about the coalition at www.1percentcoalition, all one word spelled out, dot org. Um, and there can be able to have a pretty good flavor of what activities we've been doing and some of the progress we've made over the last year. And could you tell us a little bit about the firm that you were saying that the owner, Jonas, the company that he founded, what is that? They, um, CP Research Foundation of Kansas is a, um, is a 501c3 um, in Kansas. Uh, they work with people with disabilities. Uh, they have been... Um, doing business for many, many years. Uh, Pat Jonas is a, is a leader in the state of Kansas, and like John Kemp, is a leader in the disability community. Uh, he understands the federal contracting world and, and had a vision that if we can 
bring together the, the, the public sector, the private sector, and the independent sector, we really might be able to finally put a dent into this high employment rate. Well, we need to do something. And we're going to talk more about that as soon as we come back from break. We're talking to Brandon McSada about the 1% Coalition. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, voiceamerica.com, where disability does matter. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, But too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and Free Your Mind. Open your heart and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists, and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. And we are talking to Brandon McSada about a very, very, very important initiative going on in the United States right now, a piece of legislation that would impact the terrible plight of people with disabilities trying to gain employment, and that is the 1% Coalition. And, Brandon, you have been involved with this for how long now? Uh, About a year. And have you the feeling that you're getting the momentum going? Absolutely. Um, you know, we did a, a fundraising uh, breakfast event in Washington, D.C. over the summer with Senator Richard Burr, who was our special guest. He's one of the bill's co-sponsors. And I know 
uh, when everybody left the room and, and they just felt really invigorated about, uh, you know, here's, here's a, a senator who gets it. Uh, and wants to make a difference, and and he's you know it's the same thing that when we meet with Senator Kennedy's staff and Senator Roberts' staff, and um, you know it, it's just a case of being patient, um, playing your cards right, and you know putting together a game plan that that's workable, especially when you're dealing with the um, an election year where often things don't happen as quickly as you might like them to. Well, let's talk about the federal contractors for a minute. Okay. How would this be an incentive? For them, you know, what would this mean to them if this legislation would be passed? Well, Joyce, currently there's no federal contracting incentives uh, that exist for people with disabilities, and, and our joint effort would focus on creating legislation uh, allowing federal contractors or subcontractors that employ a significant number of people with severe disabilities to enjoy a uh, federal procurement advantage. And basically, what the, the legislation would do is it add another aspect to the consideration of a federal contract procurement bids. Uh, typically, most bidding um, takes into consideration things like past experience, cost, and ability to do the work. Uh, and this new program would add yet another aspect, and that is, does the contractor doing the bidding also meet the criteria set forth in the Employer Work Incentive Act? Uh, basically, it would give contractors that choose to make the program an advantage in what is already a very competitive federal bidding process. And furthermore, the legislation would create incentives for employers to hire people with disabilities, pay them at or above minimum wage, as well as 50, at least 50% of their health insurance premium. So it's really a win-win for everybody involved. Wow. I mean, that is awesome. That is just because y you see why. As you said, it's a win-win for everyone involved across the board. Well, a question we have from Washington, D.C. is, uh, as the 1% Coalition works toward its goal to help Americans with severe disabilities find competitive employment, how would you, Brandon, like to see members of the disability community proactively prepare to market themselves to federal agencies and or companies in the private sector who will be competing for federal contracts and looking for talented people with disabilities to fill those positions? Well, you know, it is, it's all about, Joyce, you, you hit the nail on the head a little earlier about education. Uh, I think employers often are afraid to hire people with disabilities um, because they don't understand uh, what's involved. They don't realize that um, people with disabilities, while they may have challenges, they also bring so much wealth of knowledge and experience of their own to the table. You know, it's the same thing that you take a company like uh, Marriott who understood that there was a whole consumer base consumers with disabilities who they needed to market to. Um, rather than looking at the glasses half empty, Marriott looked at the glasses half full and said, we're going to market to these consumers with disabilities. We want Marriott to be a place where when they, when, when uh, travelers with disabilities need to go stay somewhere, Marriott is, is a hotel of choice. And I think the same thing needs to be done with um, employers. Um, you know, there are, there are things, that, there are tax incentives that are out there um, for companies to hire people with disabilities. Uh, if it's involved in federal contracting, I think employers need to realize that there is an incentive that exists for them. Um, but really what's different about this approach, it is, it, it is finally taking a, a universal approach, bringing together the public sector, the private sector, and the independent sector, and trying to alleviate the problem. All right. How is it bringing in the independent sector? 
Um, because community nonprofit agencies, nonprofit agencies that do um, a lot of the work with um, people with disabilities are also eligible for this. It's not just your your Lockheed Martins and your IBMs and your Boeings. Um, any organization that works to provide um, employment opportunities pays at or above minimum wage, and at least 50% of the health insurance cost is eligible under this program. Okay, and so this means that we need also all the service providers or nonprofit uh, groups to know about the 1% Coalition. Absolutely. I mean, that is so great because, it, to me, employment is employment, you know, no matter where it is. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, they talked about this so much at this conference I was at, Brandon. You mentioned one thing. You talked about education. But, you know, does it not baffle you that we could have, like, a thriving economy and, you know, a a low unemployment rate, and yet for Americans with disabilities it's so high? Do do you wonder about that? I I, I do. And, and, you know, back to the question from the the listener from Washington, D.C., you know, it it boils down to education and marketing. Um, You know, we, we... We've had attempt after attempt to try to alleviate this problem, and yet nothing really seems to work. Uh, we do have um, existing programs, existing models, uh, from the Javits-Wagner O'Day Act to projects with industry. So, you know, programs that already are existing and work, but they work in a very targeted way. And, and this is just trying to take another aspect of um, providing employment opportunities. <clears throat> You know, with the passage of the ADA over 16 years ago, we thought persons with disabilities would find more job opportunities. Eight years later, we had the Ticket to Work and Work Incentives Improvement Act. We thought that was going to provide more job opportunities. And if you you think about it, it's eight years since the ticket, um, and we're now on the verge of the Senate Bill 1570. Uh, And this bill provides a creative approach. It fosters partnerships, like I said, among the, the public, private, and independent sectors of our economy. And it's our view that that Senate Bill 1570 will achieve the employment objective that the ADA and the ticket program have failed to do so uh, so far. This legislation, when are you hopeful it would be passed? Um, well, tomorrow, but Congress is not in session. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we're hopeful that we can have it by the end of the year, but again, it's, it's so hard to tell with legislation mm-hmm. uh, at the federal level, especially in an election year. Um, I mean, we're optimistic that we can get something done this year, but we're in this for the long haul. Uh, we knew it wasn't going to happen overnight when it was introduced last summer. And, um, you know, while we've made progress, we recognize that, you know, it's going to take some time. And when it's when it's ready to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah, well, you know what? The ADA took time. That's and right. You know, all of these things took time. And, you know, when you told that story about the ticket to work, that is what really scares me. I, I was there, you know, at that ceremony with President Clinton, mm-hmm. you know, and right at the end of the year, December 1999. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, amazing how, how we've had all these things, and yet we still have this high unemployment for people with disabilities. And, of course, there is no one factor. You know, there are many factors. But one of those factors has obviously impacted even the federal government because, as you well know, the uh, employment of people with significant disabilities or targeted disabilities has gone backwards over the past 10 years. Right. Now, 
when you talk to people, what is it that you think? Why do you think managers are hesitant to hire people with disabilities? Joyce, you know, it, it, your, your point is so right because if, if you look at the, the most recent Harris survey that was conducted for the National Council on Disability, only about 40% of Americans with disabilities feel good about their financial future. That's down from 51% just two years previously. Um, and when you, when you ask your question, when, when you ask the question why, you, all you need to do is look at some very simple statistics. And, and they're so striking. Only 26.1% of Americans with disabilities are gainfully employed. Of that 26%, one in three works in part-time employment only. On average, workers with disabilities make roughly 72 cents to the dollar compared to workers without disabilities. And then I, whenever I come across this statistic, it just blows my mind. But according to the Social Security Administration, on a national level, 1.8 million out of the 3.9 million supplemental security income beneficiaries between the ages of 18 and 64 have absolutely no banking relationship. Um, I mean, you think about the little things that you and I take for granted, getting a paycheck, going to the bank, depositing that check. These are things that a lot of our counterparts within the disability community, they don't, they don't enjoy that. They don't even know what it's like. And I think it's about just trying to create some opportunities. And, I, you know, when, when you talk to people, when you go to your question about managers or, or, or hiring supervisors, it's just a lack of knowledge. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's being afraid to, to hire somebody when they don't really know what's involved. And when they realize what's involved is simply you're giving somebody a chance to prove themselves, it makes all the difference in the world. They're not looking for a handout. They're just looking for an opportunity to prove themselves. Um, you know, you mentioned the federal government and employment among the federal government. You know, I'll go to our back to our good friend John Kemp when he was recently talking about uh, promulgated federal regulations designed to increase employment of disabilities within the federal government. John said, this is not the first time the federal government has tried to enhance opportunities for millions of Americans with disabilities who want to but are unable to find work. That is why the time is ripe for Congress to enact Senate Bill 1570, the Employer Work Incentive Act for Individuals with Severe dis Disabilities. Uh, you can't beat perfection, and John's quote summarizes it up perfectly. Yeah. That does summarize it perfectly. And, you know, to that point, I heard John Kemp speak for the first time. He doesn't even know this, but it was over, I'd say, 12 years ago at a governor's committee event that was in Pennsylvania. And, of course, he was just absolutely tremendous. But what bothers me is that we were talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I mean, you go talk to any of the disability leaders, they'll tell you. We've been talking about this same thing forever, which is this staggering high unemployment of Americans with disabilities. That's why we need your bill passed. So what can we do to help you? Tell us. Uh, well, there's a lot of things that, that you can do to help us. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier um, going to the website, 1percentcoalition.org. Uh, we have a sign-up form where you can sign up. It will, you know, ask you questions about, you know, what level of interest um, do you have in the coalition, you know, what activities are you interested in doing, such as writing letters to Congress, uh, making financial contributions, uh, phone calls, attending meetings. Uh, and that's really where it starts. Is It starts with the, the grassroots, like I I stated earlier about uh, Pat Jonas in Kansas coming up with this idea, uh, bringing together a coalition. You know, we have companies behind us, nonprofit organizations behind us, 
uh, in some places we even have some state government agencies uh, supporting us. So that's really where it starts. Um, you know, it, it continues with you being gracious enough to, to have me on your program and, and talk and educate people about this uh, coalition. Well, you heard him. We've got to get involved here. Remember, remember, you don't get involved, you'll be left out. You've got to get involved. All right, we're going to go to break right now. You're listening to Joyce Bender on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at one 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We're talking today to Brandon Maxada, the managing partner at Maxada. Is it Cornegay? Cornegay, mm hmm. Group, Incorporated, but also very involved right now working with John Kemp with the One Percent Coalition. And, Brandon, we have a question for you here from Delaware from a Cindy saying, my question relates to youth and leadership. Do you have advice for a young person with a significant disability who also wants to get involved, as you obviously have, being a leader in the United States in the disability community? Absolutely. Um, And that is don't take no for an answer. 
um, I think youth with disability are have, have even more obstacles facing them. Um, and I think the progress that is being made, uh, albeit minimal, is being led in large part by youth with disabilities because they're not taking no for an answer. Uh, they want to be a part of their communities. They want to be a part of their schools. They want to be a part of the recreation. Um, and, you know, I actually work with a, an organization or a program here in uh, South Florida. Um, it's, it's funded uh, through a, a special tax, and uh, all the money goes into what's called a children's trust, and it funds uh, disability-related programs um, in part for uh, children with disabilities. And, and really what we're trying to do is, again, back to the education issue, um, you know, trying to overcome some of the stereotypes. Um, but we're really trying to, to take these, these young leaders, put them into the, you know, the middle of their communities and let them be a part of making decisions that are going to impact their lives. Uh, you know, we, whether it's special education and IEP, you know, the student with a disability, if they're going to take charge of their life, they have to be involved in making decisions and they can't have somebody make decisions for them. Um, and I think that's what we need to be sending as a message to our youth. Uh, get involved. I mean, there are plenty of organizations. Uh, volunteer, do an internship in, in Capitol Hill or in your state legislature. Um, you know, start a blog if you want to do that. I mean, it's amazing that you see youth with disabilities not being intimidated by the Internet and the uh, information superhighway. I mean, they really, they, they get it. They know that that is their, uh, if you will, ticket to independence um, because they don't have access to a lot of the other opportunities or resources. So they, they create their own with the Internet. And you know what? That is so true. This is why I tell people, speak up, don't sit back. Just what Brandon said, don't take no for an answer. Get involved because we need our young people involved. That's really what's going to make all of this work. It isn't just about the adults. It's getting the young people involved. And I know we asked you about this before, Brandon, but one more time. If someone listening to the show today would like to make a financial donation, to the one percent coalition, how would they do that, Joyce? That's a, a great question because um, the one percent coalition is a nonprofit tax exempt charity under Section five hundred one c three of the Internal Revenue Code. Uh, so we rely on donations to fund our public education activities. Uh, they can be made online at one percent coalition dot org or by uh, making a check payable to the one percent coalition and mailing it to one eight seven five I Street. Spelled E Y E Northwest, 12th floor in Washington D.C. 20006. Um, you know we've been very successful so far in, in raising money for the campaign, but like anything else, um, campaigns cost money. Um, and if we're so much of what we do is about public education, uh, so any support that people are willing to give us is, is always greatly appreciated. And Joyce, I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you to you and, and to Bender Consulting because you have been supportive of our efforts financially, and um, I wanted to publicly take this this time to say thank you to you. Oh well, I endorse this and believe in this uh, coalition 100 um, percent. We have an email question for you from one of our listeners in Pennsylvania, asking, "Can you?" Or have they started grassroots efforts independently in different cities to raise money for the One Percent Coalition? And the uh, the person that wrote this is Ted from Pennsylvania. 
Um, Ted, no, we have not done anything independently in the, in the cities um, to raise money. Uh, we actually, in the state of Hawaii, um, came very close to passing a state-level piece of legislation equivalent to Senate Bill 1570. Uh, and it, the, the bill simply, we ran out of time in the state legislature, but this is somebody who heads up the uh, state rehab agency, the state rehab council in Hawaii, you know, learned about this initiative, ran with it in Hawaii, and came very close to, to having it be the law of, the, of their state. Um, so there, there's definitely some activity um, at the state level, um, you know, similar to 1% Coalition and what we're trying to accomplish. But in terms of, um, you know, actually doing certain events, uh, most of the events that we have done have been in Washington, D.C., uh, simply because that's where uh, the congressmen and uh, congresswomen are, and we always try to, to get them involved as much as we can. I will just mention that I am trying to work right now with the IWF or the uh, African American Chamber of Commerce to schedule for early next year uh, some type of breakfast for John Kemp to speak or Dave Roberts to speak, uh, and you know, as a fundraiser, so. You know, if you are ever interested in raising money for them, I probably the best thing to do, Brandon, would be to go to that website you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, you know, if you can bring in someone to speak and it will end up raising money, I'm sure they won't turn it away. But it's best, I think, to coordinate everything through this one group. Don't you think, Brandon? Yes, it is. You know, in that way, we we have a we have an idea of what's happening at the at the grassroots level. Uh, we also are kind of the clearinghouse for all the information. Um, but also, if you're interested in doing something in the local community, we we would like to take your activities and and kind of filter them up the ladder, if you will, and um, so that you can share your thoughts with your your two U.S. senators and your member of Congress. Wow, well, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's an excellent idea. Well, Brandon, before we go on talking about this 1% Coalition, I wanted to ask you about your own company. Mm-hmm. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do in case someone is interested in your firm? Um, our firm is about three years old. Uh, we do uh, specialize in public affairs activities, uh, political consulting, and political fundraising. Uh, and we represent uh, some nonprofit associations. We also represent some some candidates for political office. Uh, and uh, we have been very active on disability issues, um, mainly because of my background uh, dating back to access in Washington, D.C., and have been able to form some very good relationships with, with John and 1% Coalition and some others. Um, and our website is um, Maxata, spelled M-A-C-S-A-T-A dash Cornegie, K-O-R-N-E-G-A-Y dot org. And how do you like running your own business there? Uh, it has its good days, Joyce, and has its bad days. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, people frequently say to me, shouldn't everyone, you know, here's a great thing for people, do you be an entrepreneur? And I always tell them, yes, I love what I do. However, you have to also understand it's 24 by 7. It's every day of your life. No matter, even when you're larger, it doesn't matter. 24 by 7, every day of your life, and you're wearing every hat you can imagine. Especially when you have laptop computers and cell phones and PDAs where the office is even more so, 24-7. Um, I, I travel. There are some months of the, uh, out of the year I'm, I'm on the road 20 days out of the month, uh, but you'd never know it because... You never know where I am because I'm always in touch with what's going on via my cell phone or the computer. 
Um, but, you know, it, it certainly has its rewarding benefits, and there are times where it has its challenges because you have a, a lot of different uh, conflicting priorities. And, you know, when you're your own boss, you can't just say, well, that's somebody else's responsibility. It becomes your responsibility all the time. Yeah, a box stalls with you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it seems as if you're doing very well, so we're uh, very happy you know, that everything is going so well for you, but we will all spread the news about your company, Brandon, because you're very highly spoken of by John. Thank you. So an endorsement from him is quite an endorsement. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, let's get back from, and, and especially now that he's a famous baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Getting back to that uh, 1% coalition, a question I have is what do you think is going to be your biggest obstacle in making this a reality? Joyce, I think it's complacency. Um, and not for because of lack of effort. Uh, I, I think there, there exists a general complacency among the disability community because we continually keep asking ourselves the same question, and why is this unacceptably high rate of unemployment among Americans with disabilities uh, persistent? Um, when is it ever going to improve? You know, you mentioned earlier... Um, you know, hearing one of the very first speeches by John Kemp, and yet it was on this very issue that you and I are talking about today. And I, I think it sometimes people get afraid uh, when they hear about a new idea. They're they're used to the status quo, or they kind of look at it and say, "Well, yeah, we've we've tried something like that before, so this if that didn't work, so this this isn't going to work." So I think we have to be careful of um, complacency. Uh, in my opinion. Uh, I think the answer is yes, it will improve. I think genuinely most of us in the disability community feel uh, that it's going to improve. Um, but for it to improve and for our economy to generate you know, more meaningful employment opportunities, um, we need the Congress to pass um, legislation like S-1570, the work in- Employer Work Incentive Act. It's just that simple. Yes, yeah, we do. That, that is absolutely 100% true. And I want to ask you, do you think, Brandon, uh, this would be a good time to really emphasize how important it will be for the disability community to become unified? Don't you agree? They need to because I think they would be an extremely powerful voice. I do, too. And we'll talk more about that as soon as we come back. We're talking about the 1% Coalition with Brandon McSada. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. The Woman MVP Who Sets You Free with host, entrepreneur, author, motivational speaker, corporate executive, philanthropist, wife, and mother, Luann Mitchell-Halter, is an exciting and provocative look at the real world with real exciting guests and real stories of triumph and professionalism with a dash of spice, sharing recipes for a better world on all the playing fields of life. 
Join Luann Mitchell-Halter as she and her guests uncover and expose us to our abilities to create our very own Big League MVP, My Victory Plan, Potential for Greatness. The Woman MVP Who Sets You Free with Luann Mitchell-Halter broadcast each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. The Woman MVP Who Sets You Free. It's time to get off the bleachers, play the game of life, and be the MVP. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Hosting Commander in Change, Empowerment Coach, and International Speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, broadcast each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. We've been talking to Brandon McSada about the 1% Coalition. And you know what? Right before we went to break, I just want to finish off what we were saying. Is how important it is for all of us in the disability community to work together. You know why? You have too many people working against you. Together, right. we have so much power. Don't you agree, Brandon? You're absolutely right, Joyce. And this is the same thing with voting. I tell people, I don't care if you vote Republican or Democrat. I just care that you vote. If we had millions and millions of people registered to vote, I assure you, it would be a main topic in the next presidential campaign. But you've got to be registered to vote. Same thing with this one-person coalition. If all of us got together and all of us wrote letters to our congressmen, our senators, it would have such an impact. It would. It would have such an impact. But we've got to get off our butts and make it happen. So, Brandon, you've been very successful at a young age, I must say, look at all these people you're meeting with and working with, and you own your own business. You know, what, what would you attribute to your success? I ask every listener, uh, every guest this, so that's why I'm asking you. I, I think at times... What it, are you proudest of? Joyce, I think at times it's, it's, it's facing adversity um, and it taking you to a place that you, you look at your life uh, from a different perspective. Um, you know, it's, your question is a very personal one, and it, and it deserves um, my complete honesty with a personal answer. Uh, you know, my, my proudest accomplishment doesn't involve any academic achievement or monetary accomplishment or, or personal recognition. Um, it's about confronting my own disability. Uh, when I first tested HIV positive, uh, my initial diagnosis was actually full-blown AIDS, and I was extremely sick. And growing up, my parents often said that I was a very stubborn young man. And in this case, my stubbornness paid off because it allowed me to, to face my condition, 
concentrate on regaining my strength and my health. And ever since, I've tried to use my experience to, to help others with the same diagnosis because whether it's HIV or a developmental disability or a mental illness, uh, there is a stigma attached to it. Um, it's a, a bad stigma, and I think we as a disability community, regardless of the disability, need to show people that uh, we're no different than somebody who does not have a disability. Well, you know what I say about you? I say you are a champion because when you, Tony Coelho, when I, I heard him speak so many times, and he's such a great person, always says, when you get a chance, take the podium. And I'm sure there's someone listening to the show today that you probably already have impacted, you know, by your honesty, but I know what you mean because epilepsy, which I am a person with epilepsy, there is a stigma attached. But guess what? At the end of the day, we're all just people. That's what it is. We're all just people. And you mentioned, is it John Kemp that helped you? Yes. How many people that man has helped? Well, you have been very successful. Now, who has been your role model in your career? My parents. Your parents? My parents. And in what way? From a very young age, uh, they taught me the, the value of hard work, uh, determination, uh, kind of back to the, the question uh, from earlier in the show, not taking no for an answer. Uh, you know, if you fall down, pick yourself up, uh, brush yourself off, and go at it again. And uh, there may be a time where you can't pick yourself up uh, and not to be afraid to ask somebody to, to help you up. Um, you know, let them brush you off and push you on your way. And there have been times in my life where my parents have had to pick my, pick me up uh, brush me off and push me on my way, but they have always been there for me, and uh, that's why they're an inspiration to me. Well, tell me, what did you do? What I, I know John Kemp is one of the people that helped you, but, but what would you? Is that what helped you the most? I mean, how were you able to confront your own disability? Um, I was a uh, a very rare case where my diagnosis um, happened extremely quickly and, and hit my body very hard, uh, and I got very sick. Um, and had a heck of a time for a while. And, and though I had been successful, um, you know, before then, um, when you face that type of adversity, it really makes you kind of take a step back and, and reevaluate what's important in your life. Um, and it was probably from that point on that I started to, to make some life decisions about what I wanted to do, uh, including going into business for myself and using my own personal experiences to help others and to educate others and to uh, support others who maybe are newly diagnosed um, and are confronting issues that I had confronted before. And whenever people are listening to the show today that are have just recently had this diagnosis, you know, what advice do you give to them when they are, as I say, living in the shadows, you know, afraid of the discrimination, you know, what advice do you have a young person dealing with that to come out of the shadows? I think it's different for every person. Um, certainly there is a support structure there. It could be your family, it could be your friends, or it could be a, a community uh, organization. Um, and not being afraid to go to those people or those organizations and asking for help. Um, but I think also just taking some time to reflect and and, and certainly coming to a, a self-acceptance that just because you have a disability, whether it is a, um, 
HIV positive or you have a developmental disability or maybe you, you were in a car accident and lost a leg, um, that it doesn't change who you are as a person. Uh, it just makes you a little different. Uh, and it's, it's our differences that make this country what it is. Uh, it's what makes it such a great place to live. And, uh, you know, I meet different people every single day. And, uh, you know, we were talking how you and I have never met and how I look forward to meeting you because you learn from other people's experiences. Yes. And you know what I want to say about you, Brandon, is you also took time and continue to take time to give back to the community. And see, that's where leadership really comes forward in this country because Brandon, uh, I know from reading about you and from talking to others that you have spent a lot of time giving back, that is what really separates, in my mind, the winners right there. People who take time to give back. And that is why, just like that story you told, how the One Person Coalition started you know, from one person, one idea. You right. never know what you can do. Every single person does make a difference, and every single person can make an impact. So just a couple of things before we close the show today. Again, what can people do if they want to donate financially to the 1% Coalition? Well, uh, Joyce, they can go to the website, which is 1percentcoalition.org, and 1% Coalition is all spelled out one word, or they can make a check payable to the 1% Coalition and mail it to 1875 I Street, Northwest, 12th Floor, in Washington, D.C., 20006. And did you say there will be any fundraising events coming up? We are tentatively working on a fundraiser in Washington, D.C. Uh, for Wednesday, November uh, 15th. Uh, do not have any uh, other details other than that at this point in time, but uh, information about the fundraiser when it uh, is finalized will be posted on our website. Yes, and I was going to say, people that want to follow what you're doing, can't they just go to that website and you, you keep it updated? They'll know what's going on and where we are with the voting or where we need help? Yes, Joyce. The website is, is updated weekly, so there is uh, press statements released. There's um, updates on the legislation, um, you know, events such as fundraisers, you know, when we're going to be having stuff like that. Um, talking points, you know, we, we are continually putting information up there. And, you know, the, co the coalition is growing every week. Uh, more and more people, as they learn about it, are signing on. So uh, the, the website is certainly the, the clearinghouse for anything that people would like to get their hands on. And do you have materials at that website? or Yes. You do? Mm -hmm. Okay, and they can download that from the website? Yes. Um, one question a lot of listeners ask me before we go is, are you, are you working with a lot of the national organizations to support this, such, you know, the national disability organizations? Indirectly, we have been working with them, um, have gone to some meetings with them uh, privately, uh, as well as uh, also going to some other uh, national conferences uh, to talk to them about, uh, you know, what it is we're trying to accomplish uh, you know, it, it gets back to education. You know, it's not only educating members of Congress, it, it's educating our own colleagues um, because they're, they're really the foundation of our support. Well, let me just tell you, all the listeners, I wanted to have uh, Brandon on today because I am absolutely 100% supportive of this initiative. I think this is something that will impact and help this unemployment situation. And that's what we need, where you can go to the private sector and say, look what this can do. 
this is what we need. So if you're listening to the show today, I really want you to tell everyone about this and get behind this 100%. Brandon, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Uh, help us make this legislation a reality and the law of the land. Isn't that it? Well, Brandon, thank you for joining us today. Joyce, thank you for the invitation. My pleasure. And you know what? We end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader. And today that is from Tony Quello, who says, Work gives us dignity. Okay, folks, work gives us dignity, says the author of the ADA. Now let's get behind this 1% coalition. And I look forward to seeing you next week with our special guest, Jenny Thornburg. See you then. Bye-bye. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.